Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I am promised, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today, and just thank you for giving us your wisdom, Lord, and just showing us how to use it, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for giving us a specific purpose, Lord, and just making it where we're able to fulfill that purpose, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. I'm excited to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Acts. And I'd also just like to thank each and every one of you that's listening, and especially those that have chosen to partner with this ministry in a number of different ways. We don't Mm -hmm. consider a small thing. Your prayers, your sowing into this ministry, and your liking, subscribing, and sharing of these episodes on these platforms is incredible and we are definitely blessed by it and just want to thank you again for partnering with this ministry and helping build the lord's house and in ensuring that the gospel goes forth through the four corners of the earth we we know the lord is doing it and we thank you for your role and your your assistance in participating with us and with the lord and carrying out his will for this ministry so thank you from the bottom of our heart. Thank you. And let's get into the Word, because that's what we all came to do mm-hmm. and, and hear. Amen? Amen. So, today we are going to reread Acts 7, verses 17 through 36. So, can I get a volunteer to do that, please? I will. All right, Layla. But when the time of the promise drew near which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not live. At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand but they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. And when forty years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. 
When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight, and as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to deliver them. And now, come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. Amen. Thank you. So at this time, as is our custom, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to each of you, and to ask any questions that you might have. So, who would like to begin? I will. All right, I promise. Okay, one thing I know is where, where it said that the burning bush is inside of Mount Sinai, inside the wilderness of Mount Sinai. And so the Lord reminded me of um, when the Israelites were inside of Mount Sinai, then there's thunderings and lightnings, and you can find that inside of Exodus 19. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord showing that with that the Lord's always the Lord's wait. Okay, first it. The Lord's can the Lord is always the Lord's in every place at once. And so the Lord's showing that He gives us what we need when we need inside of the moment. What we need inside of the moment. And so the Lord's showing me that the reason that Moses turned to look at the bush was because the bush wasn't being consumed, it was still whole. Okay. And so the Lord's showing that He Always meet us where. Wait, first let me back up. The Lord always meets us where we meet Him, and so the Lord is showing, showing that with the children of Israelites, um, it said, it's covered later inside of chapter seven, where it said that they told Aaron to make other gods, and how. Because they did that, the Lord had to meet them inside the same place. And I'm not saying that the Lord was condoning that, but he had to fix that. And you can see that where he said, go down, when he told Moses to go down and talk to the people. So explain to me what what the Lord had to fix. I think I missed that, honey. Why? Because they were worshiping other gods. Oh, okay, yes. He did tell them to get down off the mountain. And so, I, this is Exodus when Joshua met him and said, it sounds like there's a battle going on. And so Moses told him, said, no, it's the sound of singing. And so the Lord is showing me that because it, 
because Moses went up to the Lord and was able to meet God where God wanted him to do it, the Lord was able to meet him and send him to help the children of Israel. Okay. So because Moses was walking with the Lord and staying in obedience to what God wanted, he was in the position that God wanted him to be in so God could meet with him? Is that what you're saying? <clears throat> or God met Moses where he was? Which one? Or neither? Oh. Word said that. Word said that Moses, because I was saying that because Moses was able to, because Moses allowed himself to be used by God and went up. So the burning bush, since he since he allowed the Lord to use him, mommy, he was able to go up to the mountain and progress and it. And from using that point, the Lord is able to use them after that to save other people. Okay. Okay. So anytime we yield to the Lord, he's able to use us and he will get the glory out of what happens in our life? Yes, boy. Okay. All right. Amen. What else you got? That was it. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. That is, that is important. Mm. Amen. Amen, amen. Anyone Dean? else? No. <clears throat> well, there's a lot there. Um, I, you know, it's, it's interesting the correlation between um, Moses' perception of what Redeemer, Deliverer meant um, when he was 40 years old, how that paralleled the perception of the Israelites at the time of Jesus, they saw a redeemer coming that would abolish, kill, wipe out, destroy, obliterate the Romans, their mm -hmm. oppressors. Mm -hmm. uh, Moses seems, from what we gather in the scripture, to have felt the same way. That's why he killed the Egyptian. Mm -hmm. Clearly, um, he had indication of how the Lord planned to use his life. Mm-hmm. We're not given a lot of direction with that as to knowing when. It's later, when he's 80, that we start getting a glimpse of that. But um, prior to him becoming 40, mm -hmm. that happens. We don't know when that was young, when he was old, you know, when, when he got the fullness of that. But he had some idea mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that God was going to do that and that the people would see him as that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would suggest that he uh, saw that as himself in an elevated position. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, I, th I think that um, that was what had to be undone so that he would be humbled and capable of going through all the things. Maybe even why um, he met such opposition and was tried to even be overthrown by the sons of Korah, by his brother and sister, by others that wanted to take over. You know, a constant reminder of you're not in control of this. The Lord is in control of this and you're, you walk in step with me mm -hmm. and how he does that. And so I think a uh, promise, I think it's sometimes so important for us to remember that um, we learn by our mistakes. As we learn to hear the voice of the Lord and obey the voice of the Lord, sometimes we learn it by doing it wrong the first time. 
and that, that has to be okay. So if we made that mistake to not dwell in it, but to learn from it and to grow from it and use that as a catalyst to develop that deeper. And so, um, you know, in my own personal testimony, we've talked about this so many times, you know, and I guess, Kamisha, you had no idea that was coming today. But, you know, my, my you know, I heard, I, I had a revelation from the Lord mm-hmm. of a business. Mm-hmm. I assumed that business was what was currently in motion with the with the heating cooling plumbing electrical company that i was you know uh, as the world goes owning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and said wow that's a great revelation let me begin (laughs) and took off running with it Uh, it was 10 years almost later when i had another revelation that he never said go and do anything with it he showed it to me, but he never gave me marching orders for that. Learning to be in step, learning to hear the Holy Spirit um, is really one of the most important skills we can develop as Christians. Mm-hmm. And then, then time for that to actually take place. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard somebody once say um, something that is so simple yet so profound, and that is time takes time. We all want it now, and we don't get it now. Moses said, oh, I know what I'm going to do, and I'll just start knocking off these Egyptians. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And the people are going to fall right in line with me, and everything's going to be cool. And, man, it didn't take him. Next day, his world was rocked, and his life completely changed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So He went from being a prince to being a wanderer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, to, to being an, uh, an outlaw criminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I like that you said that, Dean. He grew up, and the report about him was that he was a beautiful child. He was a beautiful child. And the Lord did miraculous things around his life. His, his mom hit him. Then she put him on the water. Then, oh, my goodness, look what the Lord did. Pharaoh's daughter got him and raised him in the household. But then, if you read in Exodus, Miriam, his sister, was waiting to see what happened to him. And when the... Pharaoh's daughter picked him up out of the water. She wouldn't say, do you want me to go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse him? And then she went back and got his mom. So Moses's mom brought him up. Likewise, she was his, his nursemaid, if you will, his, his wet nurse. She was providing, um, she got to feed her baby and she got to tell her baby who he actually was when, as it became appropriate and instruct him and instill in him the, his heritage from from his um the like the blessing of abraham standpoint she got to talk to him about those things but he also had the blessing of growing up without suffering he grew up in the best of the best of the best he was in the palace which is the same place that joseph was he lived in the palace with with pharaoh so i can i can see him going man i'm special god called me i'm special special and his mom probably said oh you're so special my special boy you know like being a mother i i can understand how moms dote on their children and you know when we see the blessing of god we we get excited about that so he moses was human just like we were we are i mean you know to go okay you know your bit your britches start getting a little big you start um has a little swole uh, yeah, my, my, my mom and other folks would say you start smelling yourself and, you know, you think your, your breath don't stink and you start going, oh, man, I'm so good, I'm so good. And in that, 
led him to misunderstand what God was showing him. Um, let's see. Galatians 4, verse 1 and 2 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. And Ecclesiastes 7, verse 11 through 12 says, Wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. For, the, for wisdom is a defense as money is a defense, but the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. So yes, he had a calling on his life, but he had not yet developed wisdom and the wisdom of walking with God and being humble and staying under the, under the wings of the shadow of the almighty. He hadn't learned that yet. He learned, you know, flex his muscles. He's kissing his muscles in the mirror and thinking he's going to develop, you know, he's going to deliver by the, the might of him, the power and the strength of his own hands, because he's got, um, he's got, Egypt on one hand, and he's got the blessing of Abraham on the other, and he's going to take it by his own flesh and with his own strength. Now, did he necessarily think it literally in that direction? No. But if we do anything without God, we are, in fact, thinking in that direction, whether it's intentional or not. And then over time, now when he spent that, that 40 years in the wilderness, now wisdom is coming. Humility is coming. Like you said, Dean, he, he was humbled by that experience. Now, he could have taken another way, but you also have to know that that's available because that's probably not something there's a whole lot of in the, the house of Pharaoh is humility. They, Pharaoh thinks he's a God. So no doubt a little bit of that rubbed off on Moses. Pharaoh literally, that, that was the, the mindset of the Pharaohs to think they're God. So this one clearly took it to heart because he was staunch against the Lord in many ways. But, um, Moses learning and obtaining the wisdom that came from the Lord. Yes, you have a calling on your life. And I'm, I'm speaking to my brothers and sisters in Christ right now. You have a calling on your life, but it's not meant for you to carry it out in your own strength. Mm -hmm. And as humanity often does, we want to go it alone without God and call upon him later to make our plans work and to strengthen what we've already done. But that's not the way that God works. It's not the way he operates. He says, he's our foundation. He's the initiator. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the sum total. He's the beginning and the end. So all of it comes from him and, and, and is through him and is for his good pleasure. So as we walk with God and we, we love him in the way that he desires us to love him, we'll see that his blessing come through and the strength of what he wants to bring to pass will be manifested. Moses tapped in and, you know, we're grateful for the example. But we can't help but do it in a way because it's mm -hmm. wired into us, right? What, which part? Uh, doing what God has brought us to do, mm -hmm. right? So it, it's interesting, mm -hmm. you know, I was glancing back in Genesis and looking at, you know, when Moses arrived in Midian. Mm -hmm. The first thing he did was he actually came across a well where the daughters of... Um, Jethro, or yeah, but the, they call it the 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 king of the prince of Median, I think is what the, the priest of Median, oh, right? Okay. Okay. His seven daughters were there by the well, and the shepherds were trying to run them off as they were trying to, um, feed, you know, pull water for their flock, mm -hmm. and he drove off mm -hmm. the shepherds. He defended them. He defended them mm -hmm. without murder. Delivered them, yeah, without <laughs> murder. Delivered them from an oppressor, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. So here in the midst of that, you have, you have the confirmation about that's how his DNA was wired mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, um, he was a powerful man. They did have the physical prowess to accomplish these things. Mm-hmm. But he was also demeaned at that point, too, to a sheep herder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so you could which, say it's demeaned. Con- well, it was considered, especially we know from the Egyptians, right? Oh, absolutely. It was an that was a very demeaning. So, mm-hmm. so there was a humbling. So, and he but was brought up in the Egyptian household. Absolutely. So, so to go from a prince in Pharaoh's household to a sheep herder, you know, at, right? And from, yeah, from preparation to rule one day, right? But also at the same time, acknowledgement of that ability to defend and deliver yes. as well. That that so was, was still there. Yeah. Yeah, and God was still confirming. I'm, I still want to use you this way, but just like Peter, it only works when it's submitted to God, because otherwise your mouth is saying things that's, that are contrary to God, right? You're telling Jesus he's not going to get on the cross, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, right? We only work, the gifts that God put in us only work the way they're designed when they're submitted to God. Amen. They only bring about beauty and honor to the Lord when they're submitted to God. I mean, think about that for a second. God, I'm going to do you a favor but I don't want you to be a part of it. I'm blessing you, God. I'm helping your purpose, God. But you can't tell me how to do that. You be quiet. I've got the answer. I'll get it done. Think about that. All flesh that I've ever known, including myself, has taken that route when the flesh is driving the vehicle. And the heart is, yes, I want to do something good, but we, because of sin, want to leave God out of it. And that we have to come into alignment with Jesus and then not only accept him as Lord and Savior, but let him actually operate as Lord and Savior. Well, I'll say it in this way. Let him fully prepare us for the role and the destiny that he has in mind. Amen. Right, because there, there's one way to approach it. And that was, you know, the, the way he learned from the Egyptians. You reign in control of the people and... This is how you rule over them, right? Browbeat them and... And all the rest of it, right? And everything else that, that they looked at as, this is how you rule people. But that wasn't the way the Lord was looking at how you rule people. And how you, and by that I mean how you shepherd over them. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a very big, uh, I mean, sharp contrast between the two approaches. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make one, I'll say, less than the other. Right, because shepherding still requires all those same skills that he learned, but there's a the grace element and aspect of not beating his own sheep or killing them off or right I mean the whole point is to actually help them and mm-hmm. that they survive, they're able to make it that they be blessed, they be protected, right, fed, cared for, nourished, nurtured, right all those things which is required of a shepherd towards the sheep, wasn't always or isn't, even if you look at governments today, how they look at and view and uh, their people. Even though it's very evident that this is the Lord's perspective on it from the beginning. So the Lord had to, yes, build him up in, in certain skill sets, but then rightly apply it. So there was further preparation that was required. So in the same way, we need to humble ourselves. And there was a humbling, of course, to happen, as you brought up, brother, um, about as, as a sharp contrast from 
being in the prince or being the prince and being prepared to potentially take over as a pharaoh to then well now you're out in the middle of the the fields with the sheep uh is a huge difference hoping someone will take you in and help you because at this point he hasn't def- like he hasn't protected provided his own household he's always been cared for so so there's a humbling that mm-hmm. that occurred as well but all that was part of the the preparation Mm-hmm. Still had the boldness, still had the tenacity. He, he was well-spoken, even though that was an excuse to not go out and do it, right? But that was still all all a part of him and all the things that the Lord had given him in order to help him, I'll say, not not so much rule, but to help guide the people. Mm-hmm. And I like the, the connection that you made, Dean, between... Um, the children of Israel, when the reason they rejected Jesus Christ, one of the reasons is because he didn't come and kill off the Romans and commit murder. But here's somebody, you know, same people, same people, different eras. Someone was coming to murder and they were like, we don't want you. <laughs> we don't like you. Um, so, you know, all of that, you see humanity in, in a variety of ways and just the beauty of why God does the way things, the way he wants them done. Because flesh is fickle, but he is constant. His judgments always remain because his judgments are right, righteous, and holy, and they produce excellence. Humanities cannot, will not, and do not. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy to us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your protection, Lord. Even when you we weren't following you, Lord, that your hand was still upon us, Lord, and protecting us. And Lord, mm-hmm. we just thank you that you get that same protection to those around us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for your love and that we are able to show it to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.